Hello and welcome everybody back to Eyes on the Mind. My name is John and that's Ian. How's it going, John? It's going well. Are you finally out of your your uh, your cord hell? <laughs> the what now? <laughs> so, uh we're recording on Thursday today instead of on Wednesday normally because yeah. uh Ian was was sorting through a bunch of cords. Oh, cables. Yeah. Cables. That that's the word. I was like cord. I'm like, what the what? No, yeah, cables. Uh like so <laughs> My unit has a change of command coming up, and I'm signed for a lot of our commo room stuff, and I have to do inventories when the new commander comes in. You have to basically re-sign back everything over to your commander, then the commander signs it over to the new commander, and the, the new commander signs it back down to you. So we have to verify everything is okay and that I have everything, and... The problem is, since I signed for the stuff, people have moved a lot of things around, so it's been kind of crazy. Oh, like I worked bureaucracy. fifty. I was at work for fifteen hours yesterday, which was I didn't get home till nine twenty p.m. <laughs> <laughs> but today they actually let us off early. Nice. Because uh, well, it's because of the storm that's going to hit here. All oh, right. This Weather. weekend, so, yeah. So they wanted to make sure everyone get home, got home safe and sound. But that makes anyway, sense. anyways, this is episode thirty-three of Eyes in the Mines, and this is going to be not Ian's turn of report, my turn of report, because I finally went to a main event for a GP while we, we've been recording this podcast for GP Atlanta. I know, right? I've been <laughs> going to big events to do these things. <laughs> well, it, it's like a three and a half hour drive, so I was like, you know, I will I will, I will, I will, take the bullet, and I will drive down to Atlanta to, to play in Kaladesh Sealed Grand Prix. Oh, no, um, I... I can't blame you for that. Like I said, Portland for me was like a two and a half hour drive south. So yeah. I was like, all right, there's a GP that's quote unquote local. Let's do it. But first, we'll turn our eyes to the community. And we have three big things that we want to talk about. First is that Pro Tour Kaladesh is happening this weekend, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Hawaii time, which is noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Yeah, this is going to be a late one, thanks to fun with time zones. Yeah. That's what happens when you hold it on the most remote island <laughs> Pretty or much. one of the most remote islands in the in the world. It was really nice when I lived there to be able to have websites updated at 6 p.m. local time. Nice. Which is great. Um, also, speaking of GP Atlanta, real quick, uh, Chris Pakula, who has been trying to get back on the Hall of Fame bra- on the Hall of Fame ballot, um, most recently chronicled in the Walking the Plains documentary, which if you haven't seen and you love magic, you should watch it. Yeah, it's called Enter the Battlefield. Yep, Enter the Battlefield. Uh, he's on the Hall of Fame ballot. He got enough pro points to be back on the ballot. Heck yeah, I'm happy he's back. And yes. I, I honestly think that like, because before it was, it's one of those situations weird with like old school pros where there are some that have won like three pro tours, but they won them back when it was like in the teens in yeah. terms of like pro tour 10 and stuff like that. So nobody playing today remembers because remember we're like 80 pl- some pro tours in now. Yes. Or it might like be high seventies. Either way, we're like way far into it. So the, Player memory doesn't exist for players back then, so it's kind of why Chris Pakula, his heyday was back in the day before a lot of people now knew him. But documentary, documentary really, really pulled like people back into a story, and like I think that since he's back on it, I would be honestly surprised if he didn't get put in the Hall of Fame. Like with all the recent push, there's been like he hasn't had the best numbers of late, um, and his biggest contribution has been to try to make Magic a more honest game for because it used to be that people would cheat and be pretty rampant at cheating. And Pakula was one of the first pros to basically put his foot down to go, no, we're better than this. Uh, we're going to, you know, we're going to make our game clean. And plus he is immortalized as meddling mage. So that's fun. 
also he has done some great work with the uh, the VSL too oh, yes, lately. That too. So that's that's gotten him back into the eyes of the community. Oh yes, and I remember and that has... during the first season of the VSL, there was debate whether he would even be there or not. But he decided that he would go. You know what? Yes, VSL is where I want to be. Oh yeah, and he's been a great addition to it. I love his commentary on it. Oh yes. Uh, last bit of news. Uh, we had a tweet from Team East West Bowl member Andrew Brown, who is uh, at Merklerker, I believe, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is joining Magic R&D after PT Kaladesh. I'm not mistaken. He made the top eight at the last Pro Tour. Uh, that sounds correct. Yeah. For someone fact check me, but I'm pretty sure he was one of the guys who got in the top eight um, at Eldritch Moon. I, I am checking that, but you can you can keep going. <laughs> yeah, so uh, like we mentioned, the, the Pro Tour is this weekend. I am quite looking forward to it. It's yes, he did, standard he did top eight. He was playing Team Emerge against Sam Party. Ah, right. Yes, that good old Team Merge deck. But uh, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. I'm looking to see what uh, some of the pros have are bringing to the table. There have been some hilarious decks the first couple weeks of Standard. Um, namely, Red White Vehicles is the big one coming out of the gate of the SCG circuit. So yeah. you know the pros are going to be looking to beat that. Um, one of the decks I kind of told myself I wasn't going to get in the Standard. <laughs> but the deck that I've been looking at is like 70 bucks so i have started picking it up <laughs> it's it's the uh red green energy we can just say it's the energy deck because you know rg in the name get out i have it capitalized in my magic online account man <laughs> fight me uh no it's very infect ish in that it circles around uh electrostatic pummeler and that you can make it like a 2020 on turn four with trample i think the record Easel. that i've seen is a 786 786 yeah i saw that one too yeah it's like this whatever the multiple of it was it was in the 700s and it was trample and hex proof i think as well yeah. which is fun but it's very much like infect where you know you get a couple creatures down it doesn't have a whole lot of huge creatures but the ones that you do relies on a bunch of pump spells and energy spells to either make electrostatic pummeler big or some of the bristling hiders big i kind of expect to see that there um one of the more recent tournament results Actually, not tournament results. Uh, Magic online results that uh, Magic MTG Goldfish, you know, pulls from the uh, league updates that go on the Magic online site or the Mothership site is Sandy Dog, who we have talked Good about old, before. Yeah, it's uh, Brandon Burton. He actually five voted league with it, so people are testing the deck. People are checking it out. It's a thing. It's yeah. putting up five zero results on leagues. So we'll I wouldn't see. be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if some pros are playing it there. I wouldn't either. I'm excited to see how the Pro Tour starts, um, or at least how the standard portion starts, because, I mean, draft is fun, and but people have kind of figured out, maybe figured out draft by now. I'm not sure yet. We'll see. I did. There's a lot just of things get, you can do in draft. Just get Panharmonicon and win. Lol. <laughs> also, before we get, can we just talk about the Saffron Olive effect real quick and how it's insane? Oh my god. For those who don't know, Saffron Olive is a writer for um, MTG Goldfish. He does uh, like a million series for them. Uh, he usually does one called Against the Odds. He does one called Budget Magic. Um, and whenever he has a budget deck do well, he effectively spikes the price of whatever cards he was working with. Well, so this recent innovation is Metallurgic Summonings. It doesn't spike the entire deck, which is hilarious. It spikes like a key component of the deck. Um, I know back when 8-Whack, the yep. uh, Goblin deck, kind of had its little moment in the sun for Modern, uh, it was the... Uh, Legion loyalist, yeah, from Gatecrash. the Return to Raven, yeah, from Gatecrash, 
that was like a trash rare and now and jumped it up to like eight plus dollars just because everybody needed it for the yeah, deck. It's um, a really silly card. Yeah, but Metallurgic Summings went from like a two dollar card to what was like was sixteen dollars or something I showed you. Yeah, I think it's falling it down like, to like the, the eight nine range, I believe. Yeah, it spiked to like it spiked five hundred percent the day he streamed a teamer summonings deck. But it's so silly. It's hilarious. It is. Also, don't buy into the spikes for the Pro Tour. If yeah, don't do that. Cards. Here's your PSA. Don't buy into the spikes. Sell the spikes. If you have them, sell them. Don't buy into it. I know it looks cool. Don't buy into it. Anyways. Yeah, I, I, yeah. so Pro Tour should be fun. Kaladus looks sweet. See you guys in chat. Oh, yes. Evil, Evil will be standing there menacingly with the, with the hammer at his side. <laughs> Just don't, don't, be a, don't be a dick. Yeah, and you'll be good. Follow Wheaton's Law. <laughs> don't be a dick. Anyways. Anyway, John, tell yes. me all about your experience at Grand Prix Atlanta. And well, also tell the folks at home, too. Well, yes, of course. Um, so Atlanta is is one of the biggest cities in the South, if not the biggest city. Like, everything is there. Um, CNN is based out of there. Cartoon Network is based out of there. The entire Turner Media Network is based out of there. And we were in the um, the convention center, which was – or the the – the Georgia World Conference Center, um, and I, I drove. I got up early. I drove down there. I got in around. I got into Atlanta around two ish. Um, had to wait an hour to get my hotel room um, fixed up. Uh, but then I, as soon as I got that fixed up, I got the road gunk off because you know driving for four hours can be kind of tiring and you know. Yes, very much. If you've much ever so. road tripped, you know. Um, and then I got to the venue around uh, three to no, it was around four to five. 4 to 5 p.m. at night. Um, I didn't do any of the side events on Friday. Uh, my first order of business was to go to hit Artist Alley up because all the art they have a bunch of artists there. Um, they had Therese Nielsen, R.K. Post, Jess Ramirez, Steve Argyle, uh, Victor Adame Minguez, um, Champ, Noah Bradley, um, a bunch of artists, and I got a bunch of cards signed by all the various artists. Um, so for those of you artists who if you do listen to the podcast hi and thank you for for being there and being awesome um also i talked to noah bradley while i was at his booth i got him to sign a bunch of my scry lands and a few other cards uh, and he said that he had some very interesting pieces during for Amonkhet. so we should look we should be looking out for that in the uh in the sweaty oh buddy i love me so, i love me some noah bradley art <laughs> noah bradley is probably one of the most vocal artists in the in the community specifically on reddit but he's also just a fantastic artist yeah, like I use his basics for standard, the full arts from yes, for BFC. Yes. Yes. I, I should have gotten him to sign those. No, that would have been way too much. Anyways, well, just tip him more. That's also true. Tip the artist kids. Yes, um, always tip the artists. They, Even they, if they say, "Hey, we sign five for free," tip them anyway. Exactly. Tip them like two bucks. Um. So on Friday, I was I was kind of wandering around. Um. And for those of you who don't know, I do another podcast where I don't do any of the speaking parts. Uh, it's about a TV show called Critical Role. You can look it up. Um, it's for D&D. Yeah. It's, it's, it's Wizard's other product. Um, and the host of that is one Ruben Bressler. And you might know Ruben from a variety of sources. Um, I think his first big claim to fame was the news inning for Star City Games back in like the early aughts. Um, but now he is on Magic Mics with Evan Irwin and Aaron Campbell. Um, and uh, I, was, I hung up with him all night. Um, for the rest of that evening, like we went out, had dinner with him and uh, Tannen Grace and Morgan Chan. Um, mm. 
Tannen has been on the SCG circuit for a few times. He's been he's streamed Hearthstone and Magic before, um, and he has more pro points to his name than I do. So they're they're good people. There you um, go. So after that, kind of went home or went back to the hotel because Saturday is the main event of the GP. And as I mentioned at the top, this is sealed. So or limited. So day one of limited GPs is sealed. Day two is draft. And as we've gone over before, you need to get 18 match points, which is usually six and three, to make day two. You can do it the hard way. Yeah, 503. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, five, a win is three points and a draw is one point. So five wins, no losses, and three draws get you to that number. So first thing is that this entire event is was run by Star City Games. And oh man, did they do a great job. They're usually known for their constructed tournaments, like in their, their whole SCG Open Tour. They do standard, modern, a few legacy events. But for le- for limited, let me just go ahead and put this out there. Usually, you know, you get a bunch of packs, you open them, you register the pool, you pass it to the person across from you, they double check it, you pass it back and you build. This wasn't like that. Basically, as, so- as soon as you walked in the door to the main event, uh, you went to a table for your last name, and they handed you a deck box. Inside the deck box was your pool, your Stoneforge Mystic promo, because that's this year's GP promo, mm. which was nice. Um, oh, yeah. A list of it. kind of... Two. Yes. A list of kind of um, usual limited things, like kind of the general generic advice, the media release, and all that other fun stuff, and a sheet. But they pre-registered all the pools. So we had... Basically, they got to fire off the judges doing the whole... Sign the media thing, hand it to us. You have 35 minutes for deck building, go. Instead of having to do it all at once. And they could kind of do it in waves. And our and our piece of paper with our pool only had our pool on it. So there was no going around and marking, oh, I have two copies of Acrobatic Maneuver in my pool. I need to mark that I have two in my pool. So your pool was just listed in front of you, and you could just go straight to building, which was fantastic. That saves a lot of time. Oh, it saves so much time. Um, now, the first thing that I noticed is, as I w- was flipping through my pool, is that my colors were kind of shallow. So, for example, h- here are the white cards. Two Acrobatic Maneuvers, a Built to Last, an AD Trailhawk, two Pressure Points, a Propeller Pioneer, a Revoke Privileges, two Servo Exhibitions, and two Tassel Dromedaries. So, pretty, pretty, pretty weak. And as I went through all my colors, I was like, these don't seem too great. Until I got to my colorless cards. So my colorless rares included, um, well, A, my rares were Botanical Sanctum and Concealed Courtyard, which were, which are the blue-green and the black-white dual land. Key to the City, which is the two-man artifact that says you can tap and discard a card. You get a it's, creature to be unblockable when it untaps, you pay two. It's good. It's very good. Um, Sahili's Artistry was another one of my rares in blue, so that pulled me into a color. Uh, and then my other two were Smuggler's Copter and Sky Sovereign. So I was hmm. like, okay, these cards are going in my deck. So then I look through my, my pool and I go, well, I don't have many, like, I don't have a lot of removal spells, really. Like, I have, like, I have a Harness Lightning in my pool. I have Sahili's Artistry, so I can do some funny things there. I have a Welding Sparks. So I guess I'm playing red, and then I'll play blue because I want to play my Sahili's Artistry. Missing out on two copies of Diabolic Tutor. Um, missing out on my playset of Cowl Prowlers in green, which is, don't play that card. These are surprisingly not that amazing. It's not. And also four other vehicles. My pool had seven vehicles in it. Did you have any Renegade Freighters? Yes, I played I played the one Renegade Freighter that I had. 
Nice. I had two Sky Skiffs, a Demolition Stomper, and a Bowmet Bazaar Barge, which I didn't play. So I ended up building blue red, splashing green for the Imperial, splashing green for the Imperial Voyager, which is the blue green, uh, gold card. The other cards, real quick, are were Whirl of Virtuoso, Welding Sparks, Thriving Grub, Spontaneous Artists, two Spire Sound Infiltrators, a Salivating Gremlins, a Harness Lightning, Wind Drake, Sahili's Artistry, Nimble Innovator, High Tide Hermit, Ether Theorist, Key to the City, Prophetic Prism, Decoction Module, Renegade Freighter, Worldfast Monitor, and Double Foundry Inspector alongside Sky Sovereign and Smuggler's Copter. And John will be posting the list in the notes below. You got it. Um, I did have some debate with a few other people who I ran into, uh, including Ruben and a few others, uh, about cards that I should have played. Like, there was some debate whether I should have played Spark of Creativity. There was some debate whether I should have played Bowman Bazaar Barge, although I'm kind of low on that card, personally. Barge isn't bad, though. It's not bad, but I was like, I feel like I could do better. So we sit down for round one, because I do not have any buys. Uh, Round one was against Francisco Barciella. And I won the match uh, 2-1, kind of unex- kind of unexciting. Uh, Francisco was on a uh, kind of an Abzan deck, base green. Uh, I won it 2-1. Uh, Smuggler's Copter is a hell of a magic card. Um, there's a reason it's expensive. <laughs> there's a reason it's a $17 standard card. Uh, round two was against Aaron LeBlanc. Um, and again, I won uh, 2-1. Uh, and this time it was because of Foundry Inspector. For those of you who may not know, Foundry Inspector is a 3-mana three 3-2 three, artifact creature construct at Uncommon, and your artifact spells cost 1 less to cast. So, game 1, I game one I lose, game 2 I win that game, then game 3 I go uh, turn 2 Copter, turn 3 Foundry Inspector, attack you with the Copter to loot, turn 4 hmm. I cast Sky Sovereign. Yeah. Sky Sovereign is a 5-mana card, reduced by 1. Barf, 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 barf. Yes. Win the game. Pretty pretty straightforward. Going into round three, I was playing against Carrie Stringer. Um, and this was probably the sweetest play of the tournament that for me. Maybe not my best play, but definitely the sweetest play. Uh, I win game one pretty excuse me, pretty handily, not even close. In game two, um, Carrie is at eleven. I crew my copter and attack him in the air because he has no flyers, um, taking it from eight to eleven. And then I cast the Healy's Artistry to make two more uh, smugglers copters. Because it's a creature since I've crewed it, and an artifact. Um, they were at 8, and I had 9 power in play. I did have 3 creatures with which to crew. Uh, he revoked the privileges of one of them, so I had to play the High Tide Hermit in my hand to crew the final copter and swing for lethal. Nice. Oh, yes. Feeling pretty good at 3-0. 3-0 is not bad. Um, it's halfway to the win number that you want for day 2, which is fine. Uh, round 4, I played against Warren Woodward. Uh, now, I got a little concerned when I sat down in front of Warren because he unrolled a Pro Tour Eldritch Moon playmat. And Ruh-roh. I was kind of going, uh-oh, this guy's been to a Pro Tour. I don't know him, I don't recognize him at all, but he's been to a Pro Tour, so that must mean he's a good player. And it's the most recent Pro Tour as well, so it's not like he's, like, old good. He's, like, new good. <laughs> um, but I proceeded to 2-0 him thanks to Whirler Virtuoso making a huge army of Thopters. Um, I remember in that game I had both my gold cards in play. So my Imperial Voyager was hitting him, getting making me energy, getting energy in other ways, just making a bunch of Thopters. Um, pretty quick. It was a really nice 2-0 to end that round at 4-0. and Round 5, uh, I was playing against Zach Stern. And at this time, I won 2-1. Um, I was beat down super hard in Game 1. I was stumbling on mana. Uh, game 2, um, he got flooded. So I managed to kind of take over that game. I believe that was a game where I had I used my Spire Side Infiltrators to attack for all the damage. 
Uh, then in game three, he lost because of Mana Screw. Um, Ooh, that's not a fun way to lose. No, it's not. I was happy to get to this point. So this is five rounds in, and I'm 5-0, and oh, and I'm feeling really good about myself. Um, like, this is better than I could have ever anticipated me going. Um, and it's just like, man, I am feeling really good about my, uh, about my chances right now. Uh, so then I get into the latter half of the afternoon, and I run into Cash Turner. Which, if you were following the GP, you will recognize him as one of the people who went 9-0, and in fact was one of the finalists of the GP. He went, he went 14 and 0 and drew into the top eight. Yeah. So Cash, until until the finals, it was his only not win. <laughs> yeah. Um, also notable in that game, in that match, I was sitting next to Ari Lax, um, playing in his match. It's just it's like all the fun stuff, and also another fun thing. Um, Totally unrelated to the tournament, I was like getting ready to sit down, and I see Cedric Phillips walk by um, Ari. Um, Cedric Phillips, who's the SCG commentator, he's on Team East West Bowl, and he goes, "Ari, you have standard on you." And Ari just goes, "I'm not testing standard in public." And I'm like, "Fair." <laughs> like I didn't say I didn't say anything. I was just like, you know, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, and anyways, uh, against Cash, I get mana screwed pretty hard in game. Well, not mana screwed. I just get beaten down because he has an amazing black white deck. Um, in game one, and then in game two, I managed to climb back into it. Um, like, there's a moment where he basically has the soul read of the only way I survive this turn is if I have Sahili's artistry. He's trying to play around it, decides he can't, and I just have to go, yeah, Sahili's artistry. You know, you got me. Um, but I managed to get down him down to, f- or I go down to four, and he's at six. Uh, this is, he the, on his turn he resolves a Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. Um, and keeps his Gear Hulk and a Dukara Scavenger, two four power attackers, and I'm at four. He leaves me, and that leaves me with a Sky Sovereign and uh, a copy of Bastion Mastodon from the pre- from my previous Achilles Artistry. I then top deck because he's at six. I know, or no, he's at no, uh, no, he's at no, yeah, he's at six. And I top deck um, a Spire Tide Infiltrator, and I go, yes, this is all what I need. I slam the infiltrator, tap it to ping him, go to attacks, and he goes, and then he just sits there and goes, tidy conclusion, you're Sky Sovereign. Oh, no! Blown out. He goes back up to six from five after I had pinged him with the infiltrator. I look at my board and I go, I have one blocker to your two four power attackers. It's just game. Um, so I lose that one 2 going to 5-1. Uh, cash... Complimented me, complimented me after the match, saying, you know, you play tight, quick magic. Um, you're playing really well. Uh, I look forward to seeing you on day two. So I was like, great. That's a good compliment. I like that. Nice. Um, round seven, I play against uh, another pro player, Ben Yu. Uh, we are in the 5-1 bracket in, the, in round seven. Uh, I lost 0-2 again to red-green aggro, splashing black for unlicensed disintegration. Uh, the only notable thing about this round is that in game one, I go decoction module, which is the module that whenever you get a creature that comes into play, you get an energy, and then you can bounce creatures to your hand, and then follow it up with the Whirler Virtuoso. I kind of did that just because that's what my hand dictated that I did, the Virtuoso being the, being the energy creature that makes Thopters. And I realized as I was playing that, that game that, oh, wait, decoction module plus Whirler Virtuoso means that all my Thopters only cost two energy. And so I make a, I basically make a huge board of Thopters to try and kind of beat in. Um, it ends up again not working because he has an ama- he had an amazing red green deck. Uh, I don't know how he got into the five one bracket, but uh, then he gave me the compliment saying that he had never seen Decoction Module be so good against me 
or see, be be so good with World Pure, of Virtuoso. Just yeah, it, I think it is. Is that the card? I think those are two pieces of like the infinite loop combo. I'm sure there was an infinite loop combo. Um, I think there's like I think if you put like enough things down, like you can create energy, and you have to have like a mana or something. I forget what the combo is, but it's like the module com the modules will combo together, and I think it's with Whirler Virtuoso that the combo happens. Interesting. Um, I will have to look into that because I know that I made an infinite combo in a different draft with animation module and durable handicraft. Um, because you we whenever you put a counter on a thing, you could pay one mana to make a servo. And then whenever a creature comes into play, you can pay one to put a counter on it. And so with both of them in play, whenever you put a counter on something, you can pay two mana to make two two servos, which is hilarious. Um, anyways, so at round seven, I'm five and two. Like, I'm just thinking I do not want to lose the next round. I, I don't want to lose any more magic. Like, if I just need to win one match. Can I win one match in the next two rounds? Because if I win one, I'm locked for day two. I'm feeling great about myself. If I lose the next one, then I am literally on the on the brink. Um, so I go up against round eight against James Mellish, and I managed to win that game. Um, there was not much to really to note about the game. It wasn't very exciting. I was just kind of in the in the moment trying to make sure that I can play tight and get to that sixth win to clinch day two. And I was very very excited about that. Nice. Yeah. So more than I've ever done. <laughs> Well, you would have you would have day two GP Vegas had they done the uh, had they had the six wind rule yeah correctly. Well, I dropped it five and three, so, so I would have had, had to play round in. nine. Yeah, I would have yeah. been a win on a win and in, but either yeah. way, and I almost came and I lost my win and in for day two at Portland. Yeah, you're almost there, Ian. I'll get there. <laughs> so I sit down for round five, round nine against uh, uh, Fu Dong. Um, his name is Fu Min. He says that he prefers he goes by Fu. So. Hey, um, and in that game, I win uh, 2-1 against uh, kind of a curve-out deck. Um, he, we each curved out against each other in games one and two. Uh, games three, I clinched thanks to a hasty Sky Sovereign. Um, game one was super noticeable because I played a turn four Sky Sovereign, which is always great. And then I play, then I after that, I play a Spire Set Infiltrator to crew it. And my opponent's life total goes from 20 to 13, 13 to 6, and then concede. Oh! That's insane. Yes. Um, so I get to seven and two. So I would have made day two even with the old cutoff. Yep. So I was feeling pretty. I was feeling great. Um, like X and two is still technically alive for top eight, and um, they put standings up at the at the beginning of day two. So I was able to check because I didn't check that night because that night I was just like, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm going to go home and sleep and get ready for day two. Uh, and I finished the day in ninetieth place at the end of day one. So I was in the top 100 out of the 1663 people who showed up. Nice. I was feeling pretty good about myself. Um, so this is where the wheels kind of come off. Because 7-2 on day one is great. Um, and the competition level on day one is definitely going to be less than it is on day two. Yeah. Especially in limited where when it comes to day two, you're going to be drafting instead of doing sealed. Hey, John, before you, before you get into your draft, the doctor combo is this. Okay. One Panharmonicon, two sure. decoction modules, and a Whirler Virtuoso. Yeah, that'll do it. Whirler Virtuoso, for, so for what that does is, um, I'll walk you through the combo real quick, everybody at home. You you pay three energy, create a colorless Thopter token. You have two decoction modules that read, whenever a creature enters the battlefield under control, you get an energy counter. Panharmonicon says, if an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger, that ability triggers initial time. So instead of triggering once, 
Each decoction module triggers twice. You have two of them, you get four energy. Remember, it only takes three for Whirler Virtuoso. Therefore, you just keep pumping it into Whirler Virtuoso and generating four energy per thopter that only costs three. So you end up with a net one energy each time you make one. Yeah, wasn't that on Friday nights? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So you need three uncommons, one of which you need two of, and a rare. Got it. Yep. <laughs> Simple stuff. Good. Good luck. So uh, we get we get we go to day two. Um, they make sure that everybody's there so before we get sit down. Um, and I am in draft pod number twelve. So draft pod one is under the feature light, is in the feature match area, and then they kind of went backwards from the in the convention hall from there. Uh, so my draft pod was Jeff Gottstein, uh, Kevin Johnson, Ben Stark, Justin Cohen, Dustin Fader, Gavin Wu, and Percy Fong. So remember when I said it was 90th place? The person in 89th place was Ben Stark, who is Magic Pro Tour Hall of Famer, limited guru, all that other stuff. And 91st was Justin Cohen, who is a former Rookie of the Year. Yeah, a decent little sandwich you got going on there. A decent little sandwich. Um, I was not drafting between them. I was, in fact, drafting between um, Jeff and Kevin in okay. my pod. Um, and the first thing that happened was I, was I actually had a bit of a stump, a bumble opening the packs, trying to make sure that I could do it. Because this is my first draft with the, oh, no. the packs they that they have. The, you got the jitters. I, I got the jitters. Um, I didn't, ha- didn't have any problem in making the pick, which was fine. Because um, I, think I, I think I still made the correct pick. And everyone who I've talked to has been mostly on my side. So I open the pack, um, and this is time, so they have, you know, you have 60 seconds to draft. Oh, draft. yeah. You are passing 13 cards. Pick up your pack. And do all that, and they do all that. Um, so I open my pack, and I see my rare is Dovin Bond, the blue-white planeswalk. I flip through the rest of the pack, and there's nothing super exciting there, but I do see a Renegade Freighter, which I know, from my own personal experience, is really good. And everyone I've talked to has said, it's really good. So, Ian, I ask the question to you. Do you take Dovin Bond or Renegade Freighter in the day two of a GP? So, wait, this is pack one, pick one? Yes. Renegade Freighter. Which is what I took, and I passed Dovin Bond. Now, in hindsight, it ended up perfectly because um, Kevin, to my right, uh, ended up to be in blue-white. So I would have been cut off hard. So you passed it to the left, so he didn't get it. He didn't get it. No, he never saw it. Um, Also, they label... Your pack, so you open pack A, then pack B, then pack C. So there was yeah, no yeah. way that I could order those so that Kevin could get it anyways. Yeah, and it's like pack A and then a number with your seat, right? Yes, exactly. So I think I was in seat two for that draft. I'd have to go back and check. Yeah. But, so I, I open that and I take it and I end up with a kind of a red-black aggro deck after taking that pack one, pick one of Renegade Freighter. So what does the deck kind of look like? Well, it's kind of a it's a little bit of a mess. Like it's definitely not what I would want to do because I took the Renegade Freighter and then I took a foil Windrake thinking that I could end up in blue because I kind of liked the blue decks at the time. So yeah. I have a foil stamped Windrake, Windrake, which is nice. These. Um, so basically, the deck ends up with two rares: Key to the City and Lathnew Hellion. Uh, triple Spireside Infiltrator, a Foundry's creature. Double Salivating Gremlins, doubling Welt, double Weldfast Monitors. Uh, one Die Young, one Spark of Creativity, a Rush of Vitality, a Chandra's Pyro Helix, and that's it for... And that's those are kind of the high points. Like, there's not a lot of removal in this deck. All I want to do is turn dude sideways and try to beat you before your removal gets online. Yeah. It can fine. be okay. can be okay. A little risky. It can be okay, but, like, the la- I got the last two Hellion in a pack three, and I'm like, yes, this actually gives me something... This actually gives me a card that I can kill people with. So like, I was very, very happy about that. Yeah. Um... 
Also, I could have had like three Die Youngs or three Pyro Helixes, but I kept passing them for creatures because I was I was light on those. So, mm. in any case, yeah, you live and learn, right? You live and you learn, exactly. Um, also, this was draft number two of the format for me. Yeah. So I did not have nearly the experience that other people had. <laughs> so round ten, I sit down against uh, Percy Percy Fong, um, and this was basically just a mirror match almost. Um, Percy was on red white. I was on red black. Percy won the die roll. Uh, we each won our games where we won the play. And it wasn't necessarily even close from when we were on the play versus when we were on the draw. So that's what Agro wants to do. Exactly. Um, and Percy benefited because I passed a pick four unlicensed disintegration. Mm. And Percy ended up with it because I didn't know I was black red at the time. Now, Percy didn't play it, period. Um, and then we kind of had a little bit of commiseration. Uh, he was the first person who I talked about my pack one pick one with. Um, and he was trying to figure out who the person to my left was in, who ended up being Jeff Gottstein, um, because I'd passed him Dovin. Um, he was trying to figure out whether he was in blue-white or whatever. Um, but Percy was, a, Percy was a great guy. He's a good Magic player. Um, yeah, I just feel like if I'd won that die roll, maybe I'd win that match and go to 8-2 and go to eight and two instead of 7-3, and three, but at 7-3... and three, well, that's also one of those things you can't really be like, well, if I win a die roll, it's like, okay, yeah. let, let me just let me just pick a number out of thin air and hope, exactly. hope that changes like it's, fate. I don't know how much it would change, but he like he had like double veteran motorists. It was silly. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those another thing too is like on the die roll, you're gonna win. You're like you can, it's a live or die by the die roll. But I mean, aggro deck, if an aggro deck curves out and does what it wants to do, and you don't have enough removal, you, it's hard to stop it. Yeah. Um. So in round eleven, I play against Kevin Johnson, the guy to my right, uh, and he was basically playing a just guy control deck. He wasn't just in blue white. He was in the full Jess guy, because he got um, a Spire Bluff Canal and an Inspiring Vantage to help fix his mana. Like, his only removal was Welding Sparks and a few other cards, like uh, Revoke Privileges and whatnot. Uh, he also oh. had a Fumigate, which was disgusting. Um, oh, no. In this game, uh, I win game one, he wins game two, and I win game three, basically. Um, so game one, I win pretty pretty handily. It's not very close. Like he ha- He's stumbling a-, a bit on creatures. Game two, um, he just casts a Fumigate in games like uh, I think he gained, um, like, eight life. Um, and I was just like, there's no way. There's no way I can come back from you gaining, like, that much life off of a Fumigate. Um, and plus he had a Clad Blazer to gain even more life. And it was just like, man, how do I even beat this card? Um, and in game three, um, I, ha- I kept a few creatures in hand because I knew he had the Fumigate at that point. And I take him from 20 to 19 to 15 to 11 to 5. Um, and he has one white mana one red mana and three blue mana, and he needs to top deck a planes to fumigate me, and he never drew it. Ooh. And he showed me the fumigate after the game, and I was like, yeah, that was the only way I would lose. I was going to lose that game is if you had fumigate. Um, he never had it, so I ended up winning the match, going to eight and three. Then we get to the game where I think the wheels came off a, came off to a large degree. So I was playing against Jeff, the guy to my right, Go to the person I was passing to, packs one and pack three. And Jeff was in black-green. So he, he took the Dovin, because I talked to Percy, and Percy never saw it. So Jeff took the Dovin, but ended up not in blue-white at all, because, again, Kevin, the guy to my right, was in blue-white. He was in black-green, and he had an amazing deck. Like, he had Snare Thompter, he had Elegant Edgecrafters, he had Pima Outriders. It was insane. I lose game one pretty handily just from him playing dudes and turning them sideways. Uh, I never get the chance to race. He goes down to nine life, and I actually can deal eight damage to him the turn that turn but i couldn't deal the extra one so i was one literally one life point away from taking that game oh man 
Game two, uh, oh, I was on the play for both games. Game two, um, he's playing around Chandra's Pyro Helix the entire game. Um, and I go, I go, or, and I'm at 14, he's at eight. And I'm trying to set up a play where I hijack his Procta Pillar Bug, the, the artifact creature that you can pay a black to give lifelink, attack in to try and make it so that he has, so that I can kind of get a little bit higher up and try to make it so that I can come back in this game. Because, like, this game was in a big board stall. He made a, hu- he made a huge attack with a Snare Thopter, the Elegant, elegant Edgecraft, as I mentioned earlier, a, the Procta Pillar Bug, and, like, four Thopters. So he's attacking for way more than lethal. Um, and I go to blocks, and I look at the cards, and I try to make a block out. And based on how the cards are kind of laid out on the board, the Pillar Bug was out by itself, and then there are a bunch of cards, uh, and the rest of the creatures are kind of all aligned with one another. And I just blank out that the Pillar Bug's attacking me. I block, I block a creature to go to take 10 damage to take me from 14 to 4, ignoring the Pillar Bug, which has 4 power to kill me from 14 exactly. Uh... So I let exact exactly fourteen through and punted that game. Rough. It happens sometimes. And that's like that's why I love I always personally try to maintain a really clean and organized board state. Yeah. Like the board um, state just was be- very crowded. Well yeah, and it, it's gonna get crowded in, in some games, especially in this format. I've noticed I don't know if you have like board stalls happen. Yeah. A lot. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of servos, there's a lot of thopters, and there's a lot of big creatures just trying to get through. It's just silly. But, yeah, so that's, that's what I mean. It stinks you, you just completely whiffed on. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I was going to get to that. I don't know if I was going to win that match. I might have a chance of winning that game, but I don't think I was winning that match regardless. Um, and Jeff kind of, like, when I saw that, Jeff was like, I mean, he has professional REL. Like, I can't let you take it back. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know it's professional REL. I wouldn't want to take it back. I'm just really upset at myself. <laughs> yeah. I, it's understandable, too. Yeah. So we go into draft number two, um, where you go into a new pod and you draft. Um, this was in the X4 pod. Uh, in pod 24, I was playing, I was drafting with Daryl Nicewinter. Niceventer? Mm, I'm sorry, Daryl, if you listen to our podcast and I butchered your name. Uh, Kevin Johnson, Benjamin Meyer, Paris Nelson, Evan uh, Petrie, Peter, Fernando Aguilar, and Danny Schneider. Um, now, this uh, draft. Something to note for people at home. If you make day two, don't drop after your first draft because you get a free draft basically out of it. Yeah, I know so, some. I know some. I know some tournament organizers. If you want to drop, you can go to them and they'll give you like a voucher for a free draft. Yeah, but like do the draft. You can you, you can literally draft and drop if you wanted to. Um, and I know people who would who have done like draft play around drop. Oh, if, you, if they you know, know they're not in the running. Oh, did you know why in round fifteen the you guys had a long delay? Yes, I'll get to that in a moment. Okay. I was the one who told Ruben, by the way, if you're talking oh, about okay. that tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so I, I, I have a much cleaner pack one pick one with the revoke privileges, which is the, the arrest of the set. Um, also, my pack had a really weird miscut Windrake, um, where, like, you can, like, the, the copyright text is literally at the bottom of the card. Like, there's no space. It's a really weird, really weird miscut. I don't think it's worth huh. anything, but, yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually they need to have, like, multiple cards on a yeah, actual usually. card. Um, and then I get a fourth pick, a uh, Gear Seeker Serpent, which is the five blue, blue, five, six serpent at common that has affinity for artifacts, basically. And then for six mana, you can make it unblockable. And I was like, this card looks really it's... sweet. I had heard LSV talking about it on his stream. So I was like, you know what? 
we're going to go there. We're going to get there, and we're going to see what happens, because I had, like, second or third pick to Filigree Familiar after the Revoke Privileges, and I was like, this seems like a great deck for that. It's a, it's a pretty good finisher in those de- in those blue decks if you need yeah. something to punch through damage. Yeah. Um, and so I end up with uh, Blue-White Gear Seeker Serpent. I ended up with two Gear Seeker Serpents. Uh, I passed a third. I had triple Revoke Privileges. I had a bunch of cheap artifacts. I had Inventor's Goggles, Prophetic Prism, several Puzzle Knots, a Servo Exhibition, Double filigree familiar as well was really sweet. Nice. Um, and uh, a foil stamped swamp. Huh. So if anybody wants a stamped foil swamp from Kaladesh, it is swamp number five eight five or two fifty eight. Sorry, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I took it to self assembler. Never saw another one. Um, it was an interesting little. It was an interesting little draft. Um, I don't know. I think that was still the correct draft for my seat. Although there were, I could have had a fourth revoke privileges, but I passed it for. I think it was another creature. In any case, uh, my first Gross. round in the draft was against Ben Meyer. And uh, Ben um, was playing a blue-green deck splashing white for two uh, revoke privileges. One was foil, which I didn't see. And the other one was just a re- just like the revoke privileges I probably passed in that direction because he was light on removal. Uh, I win game one because turn four Gear Seeker Serpent is really good. Um, oh, like, if you're playing Gear Seeker Serpent, the cards you want are, like, the, the card that you want the most if you're playing Gear Seeker Serpent is Cogworkers Puzzle Knot, because it makes two artifacts. Yeah, I cannot overstate true. how important it is to make get multiple artifacts in play. Um, and if you get three artifacts in play by turn four, you're going to have a turn four as a Gear Seeker Serpent. Mm-hmm. Um, I win that game, but then I lose the next two games pretty handily. Um, like, he just has, like, he just has the, the, the nut uh, blue-green energy deck. Um, with the revoke with the revoke privileges that I just couldn't beat. This is also a draft where I didn't get a single fragmentize, which is usually a card that I prioritize pretty highly. Um, but I just yeah. never saw another one. Yeah, it's a surprisingly how good that card is in this format. Oh yeah. Um, so eight and five, not feeling great. Um, like his deck was really good too. Um, he, he had he had two one his previous draft to get to this draft, so he was on a run. Um, round fourteen, I have a buy, so I was not very excited about that. Um, Yay. <laughs> I got to I got to walk around the floor a bit to try. I went to a few vendors, picked up some more cards. Um, got food. <laughs> got some food. I was able to get some food pretty regularly between rounds because I was either playing an aggro deck or playing against aggro decks, which is nice. That is nice. It is nice. Um, and after that, it brings us to round fifteen. Now we had like a twenty to thirty minute delay between round fourteen and fifteen. And here's what happened. So I went up to the to the to the scorekeeper's table, and I was like, "What's going? What what, what happened?" So, in a draft at a GP, you're supposed to play within your pod. You're not supposed to play the same person more than once. It's just kind of how it goes. Yeah. Um. And what happened is that there was a draft pod where two people had played each other. The other six people all dropped, and the program instead of giving them buys, which would be the reasonable thing to, do, uh, the program literally crashed. <laughs> I and I was I mentioned that to someone and they were like, "Ooh, that's some bad coding." I'm like, "Yeah, but it's that's one of those like fail states that like when you're actually coding this, are you ever going to expect, "Hey, what's the fail state if we have a draft pod where six people drop and two people are left and have already played each other?" It's like one of those like insanely rare kind of yeah. weird circumstances that's just like, eh, "All right, yeah, I'll give it a pass on this one." But we get to round 15 eventually and I sit down against Paris Nelson. Um, and he was playing a red black aggro deck, very similar to to my first draft of the day. Um, we trade games one and two. Um, he wins game one, I win game two. Game three, we get to the point where 
uh, I think I made the I made the I made the wrong choice of who's the beatdown because I was trying to I think I was trying to beat him down faster than he was trying to beat me down. Uh, I'm at seven, he's at eight. Um, I attack for lethal. I le- I play a wind drake as a blocker and pass. Um, and then he goes hijack your wind drake, cast last new hellion, crew my sky skiff, attack for eight. Ugh, I have the blockers. Nice. I go. I lose, and I end up at nine and six. One win short of the 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 vaunted pro point. <sighs> so there's no pro points in the podcast yet. No pro points on the podcast yet. Yeah, we'll get there. But uh, no, yeah, like you say, play around hijack. Like, had you seen hijack before? Uh, no, but I knew it was in the draft. Okay, that it's a common too. It's a common like you play around commons. You play around cards that you you can envision your opponent seeing. I just didn't play around it. I guess at that point you could probably try and leave one one more blocker back. I don't. I don't, I don't know. know. It's. I would have to go back to the board to the board state, which I did not. I'm not big on taking pictures of board states. No, um, me neither. I I always I try to keep if if something like that happens, like if I was in your situation, I would have probably written down some of the cards yeah. that were on the board state. I I like to keep meticulous notes. Yeah. Um. But I was just kind of like how I was just very upset at myself at that point. Um. But. Silver Lining is, uh, this is my second GP main event ever, and I end with a winning record. You made it to round 15. Made it to round 15. Uh, So in my pocket, I have 240 Planeswalker points, which mean nothing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're like, I don't know, what's that, like not even a quarter of the way towards a buy? It's 1,300 for a buy. Okay, so close to a quarter, I guess. Um, So, I mean, yeah. But the big takeaway is, again, no, go ahead. Not saying like a fifth of one. Don't mind me. <laughs> okay. Anyways, yeah. So like again, like second date, second main event GP ever. Day two'd complimented by several other players who were like saying, you you know, you have a good deck. You're playing good Magic. Um, like I really wanted that tenth one. I really wanted to get to that tenth win, <laughs> and like I was so close, and I just ended up punting it away a few in a few different ways in a few different games, and I feel like I was just like super jittery the entire day two after my my flub in the first draft. And these are only my second and third drafts of Kaladesh, period. Yeah. Um, well, since I mean, then, I've I gotten another draft, but... That's, that's, I mean, you could have maybe come in with a little more preparation and stuff, tried to jam a couple more drafts, you know, Yeah. see how that would work. But even so, like, making day two of a Jeep... Well, I know you hadn't really... It was kind of a last-minute decision to kind of head down there free anyway, so... Yeah. You, um, it wasn't like, I'm going to GP Atlanta, I have, like, three weeks, let's jam all the drafts I can do. No. It was just more like, oh... Because I saw you like the day or two before, I was like, "Oh, he's going to the GP." Yeah, okay. Yeah, like, th- there was there was not that much planning that went involved in this one. I just wanted to go because it was nearby, and I wanted to go. See, like me, where I need to plan things out. I'm, I was already looking like four months, five months out. Like I've already, <laughs> I've already been looking at like what what GPs I'm going to go to in 2017. Well, I mean, yeah, you have a little bit more so, of a spoiler. Spoiler alert: not many. <laughs> your, your job requires a little bit more fore notice than most others do. Unfortunately. Uh, but I have a new goal for GPs because I did manage to make a day two. Um, now, now it's a pro point. Now it's a pro point. Like after being so close, I want that pro point. There's a there is a pro point with my name on it, and I want it. You'll get it. Yeah. Um, I made a big post on on Facebook and um and a, and I texted a few of my friends in our little, little little testing group, and I'm like, I didn't have the fire before. I have the fire now. Oh, <laughs> like, somebody's somebody's hooked. It's like some like. I know that, like, after having gone to day two of a GP, I know that I am I am in that in that upper echelon. Like, I ended the day in 240th place, um, and 
I was at 90th at the end of day one, and I was one of 460 people to make day two out of the 1,600 who attended, and I ended above ha- about halfway of those people. And I know I can do better. I know I can clean up the mistakes. That is my goal. My goal is the pro point. Top eight would be great. Making the pro tour would be great. I want that steps. pro point now. <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah. So, yeah. That is that. And now I should probably go ahead and get to the thank yous because I met a lot of cool people at the GP and I have a lot of people to thank for, for one reason or another um, just for being around. Uh, first, big thanks to Ruben for hanging out all weekend. Um, we were actually writing one of our scripts for our podcast in between rounds, which is kind of hectic. Um, and he was always a great person just to kind of like just like bounce stuff off of and just kind of make sure that I wasn't getting too too into it. Uh, another big thanks to the Newmont Gaming Crew, which are Kenji, um, who is also known as Newmont the Nummy, uh, Cam, who is also Alien MTG on Twitch and Twitter, and uh, Roderick, who is the co-owner of Newmont Gaming, um, for kind of being like part of the de-stress crew in day one. Like we would all go to one table at the end of our rounds, just kind of like chat and de-stress from the from the rounds. Unfortunately, Kenji, Cam, and Roderick did not day two, so yeah. that was that was not a good trip for them in that respect. Um, also, big thanks to the coverage folks of Marshall, Megan, and Maria uh, for chatting and saying hi on day two. Um, I had a great conversation with Marshall at the end of my first draft about my pack one pick one and about all that and about kind of my my experience at the GP and said hi to Megan and Maria as well. So I have a sticker on my deck box now. Uh, and then also a thank you to Rich Hagen for chatting on day one. Um, had some good conversations there. Um, another thank you to Lucas, a.k.a. Mr. Lubufu. Um, we had a few conversations on day one when he was hanging out with Cam. Um, big thank you there. Another thanks to Tana Grace and Morgan Chan um, for, you know, letting me hang around while, with you guys and Ruben having dinner on Friday night. Uh, and then another thank you to Alex Kessler, who is the host of the, um, the, the Modern Focus podcast on Rocket Jump, the Masters of Modern, I believe, um, for chatting in between rounds on day two. Yeah, and that's one thing. If you guys have never been to a GP... I know we've we've talked about this before briefly when we've gone over our little like tournament rundowns. Go to a GP if there's one near you. Yes, please. Make the time. Even if you don't play in the main event, go run some side events. Go to Artist Alley like John did on day one. And you can run into all sorts of like magic personalities and stuff like that. And they're all, I would say, 99% of them incredibly nice if you are polite. Yeah, don't be, don't be rude. Yes, like if you see them talking to someone else, kind of just, you know wait until they're finished and then be like, you know, hi, love your work, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. Me, it's kind of weird. Like they'll actually like see me and be like, Oh, hey, Dex. And I'm like, okay, cool. I don't even have to worry about like the whole, like walking up and being tentative <laughs> introducing these days, but Humble I did have to do it. No, no, I did have to do it at one point. And trust me, it goes a long way. Cause if you know, you come up and you're very abrasive, they're going to like be very wary and stuff like that but no it's great to hang out with people um if you can manage to go to a grand prix with friends it makes it that much better i am going to a gp with friends is is much more much more fun than just kind of going on your own just kind of being there i i did my first gp which was grand prix san antonio in 2014 straight up solo like that it was fun but did not, not as fun as going to. with friends but what was, was kind of nice though is I ended up did run I did end up running into a bunch of guys from my local game store. This was back when I was in Texas, so it was only like a two hour drive south for us. So I ended up running to them and hanging out with them. So save that for my life. But yeah, go with friends or at least know if friends are going and meet up with them there. 
Oh, yes. Um, and again, GPs are awesome. They are a ton of fun. Um, yeah, we can't really stress this enough. It's just like, you'll meet cool people. You might see us there. You probably, but, you know, we have lives and we depends can't get every GP. Depends <laughs> if it's GP Vegas, man. That's true. Like, GP Vegas, I, I have that date circled on my calendar as well, so. I have that weekend ready to go for leave blocked off. <laughs> I just feel like, all right, I'm, I'm just praying to God that no big, like, uh, uh, training event comes down the calendar for that weekend. I'm going to put it in as soon as I can get that. I'm like, boom, nope, sorry, can't touch me. I'm already on leave. <laughs> I already put it in like, when did you put it in? Two months ago? Come at me. It's like, oh, well, we can, nope. Nope, 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 nope. Um, I got to go, go play some Legacy, man. <laughs> legacy and Modern and Limited if you scrub out on Legacy. Yeah, I'll probably take that day off. <laughs> it's probably Amonkhet Limited. If if the schedule, if the calendar is how I think it runs, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. And um, so yeah, it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of sweet people. Um, and again, like yeah, we already did the whole. You should go to a GP spiel because you should go. You should go. Go. And now I have stamped cards to put in my binder. You know. See, there you go. <laughs> that, that's that's the that's the perks for day two. Like you don't get any stamps on day one. Day two gets you those stamped cards. Put them in the cube. None of these cards are cubable. Like, I'm not going to cube Lath New Hellion. Dude, put a Renegade Freighter in there, man. Renegade Freighter is in there, but it's not stamped. Oh, no, I do have a stamped Renegade Freighter. What am I doing? See, I told you. <laughs> John, please. I'm sorry. My memory is fading. <laughs> no, there you go. Yeah, it's it's a good time. Something, yeah. something, outro. <laughs> something, something. <laughs> anyway. Pro Tours this weekend. Go watch it. Yes, I'll be watching it. I'll be in the chat. You can speaking of, you can find me elsewhere on the web at Twitter at DixonIJ, D-I-X-O-N-I-J, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Dix. Follow me because oh boy. Um I got a huge awesome thank you gift from LSV, Gabby Sparts, and Channel Fireball for moderating their chats, and I have a lot of packs to crack. Oh man. Granted, some of them I am gonna be using this weekend because there's a huge storm coming through, like I mentioned. I'm going to be playing a bunch of pack wars with my girlfriend, so that'll be fun. Um, I also have a booster box of Kaladesh that I'm going to crack on stream. Yes. So follow me on Twitter so you can find out when I'm going to do that. It should be in the next week or two. And you'll also see me in the Twitch chat moderating the Pro Tour. So I'll see you there. John, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at JYLE129. That is J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. I'm also on Twitch by the same handle. Uh, believe me, if I could, if I had a setup for streaming i would be streaming um like like i mentioned i got the hunger i got the hunger now um, one day man like i've already got i'm already going to a pptu on saturday so help me god um <laughs> vroom, vroom 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 but if you want to reach the podcast on twitter you can find us at eyes on the mize or if you have a more personal question you can shoot us an email at eyes on the mize at gmail.com please give us your comments send us your reviews let us know how we can best um best tune the podcast to you um we have heard your pleas um we are going to be doing another episode with carrie at some point tbd um because everybody loves a good story and mailbag Mailbag. episode probably in a few weeks we'll see in any case mailbag get in the bag um (laughs) that is a fiend hunter joke for those of you who don't know in any case um that's gonna do it for us thank you guys so much for tuning in and we'll talk to you next time (laughs) 